Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Reinventing Life and Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. You'll hear from innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform their businesses, stay relevant, meet the needs of their customers, and do the impossible every day. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place because this is where the best run. Yes. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. We have a very interesting show for you. Okay. The buzz is from a gentleman named Bill Sue S.U. I found his article on Medium.com. And let me set us up very nicely for our show. He writes... Data is not like a vitamin that you can just pop in your mouth and be done with it. In fact, data by itself is totally useless to your business. That may be breaking news for a lot of you out there in our audience. Actionable insights serve as a guiding light for what you should prioritize in your business. So there, we're talking about data and we're actually talking about analytics. You may think, oh, we've got this analytics software and we can predict what's... That may not be enough. So... Analytics is analytics. Not exactly. Listen up. You're going to learn a lot from my panelists. Predictive analytics. What is it? It generates insights about the what. But you can't just sit there with all it. Oh, we've got all this information, data coming in all over the place. Doesn't do anything, as the quote said. You need to turn it into actionable business context. What's going to do this for you? Something called augmented analytics. What is it going to do for you? It's going to turn the insights into the why. Oh, we've seen a lot of a lot of hype around analytics. What is it? How could your business not survive without it? We're going to learn today what the difference is between predictive and augmented analytics and how can you use these different tools to listen to this. It's very poetic. Parse the nuance from the noise. I feel so philosophical. The experts speak and I am Bonnie D. Graham and welcome to one of our newer series here on Game Changers Radio. Let me just tell you who my three panelists are and then I'm going to invite them to tell you about what they do and what their company does. So in a moment, we'll be meeting Hanno Chocolate, she told me it rhymes with chocolate, uh, CEO and founder of Kaiser Vetter Energy Asset Management. Welcome to Hano. Joining him is Ron Merkazi, M-E-R-K-A-Z-Y, if you want to look him up. He's the VP of Product and Service Innovation at Lloyd's Register. Interesting company. He'll tell us about them. And rounding out the panel is somebody who's been on radio with me before, Richard Mooney, the lead product manager for augmented analytics in SAP Analytics Cloud. He sure knows what this is all about. So welcome to my my esteemed panelists, I know you're all busy. We're very honored to have you here today. Hanno Shuklish, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what does your company do? Bonnie, thanks a lot for this nice introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm based in, in Germany, um, and I got the invitation to talk to you today, Bonnie, and to, to do other panelists. Um, yeah, I'm coming out of the, originally I'm a um, uh, civil engineer, and finally I also have a Master of Business Administration, and um, after being a long, uh, most of the life uh, doing real estate, I moved in 2011 to renewable energy. And mm-hmm. I've built up a company which is called Kaiserwetter. Kaiserwetter Energy, as I mentioned, as I mentioned at the, at the beginning. And we are um, doing a lot of analytic stuff with one, one big aim, uh, catalyzing investments into 
renewable energies. Um, mm-hmm. As we all know, that we have to invest much more into this, and we are doing this on a on a global scale. Thank you very much, Hanno. Pleasure to meet you. And I have to tell everybody, Hanno and I had a prep call introduction about a week ago, and I didn't realize that we had our cameras on, so we had a video chat, and it was was very nice to to see him. We we watched each other. We talked for about a half hour, and I told him about the show, and it was a real pleasure. So, Hanno, thank you for joining me today. Let's move around the table. One stop to Ron Mercazi at Lloyd's Register. Ron, please tell us what you do and what your company does. Thank you, Bonnie. Great to be on the show today. Thanks for inviting Thank you. me. Um, yeah, so, so a little bit about myself. So, so with, um, I've been with Lloyd's Register for the last uh, three and a half years as VP of Product and Service Innovation. Before that, I was doing uh, innovation work with uh, Samsung and Dyson before that. Uh, most of my career was around product uh, in the hardware space and now a lot more in the, for the last uh, four years product but in uh, the data and digital space uh, my my role today is really finding new opportunities and using um, data and digital tools uh, Lloyd's register is a 250 year old uh, uh, b2b services company um, with a very large global footprint around 200 offices around the world serving 60,000 clients uh, we do um, a variety of services, but at the core of it, we deal with assurance, and our tagline is making the world a safer place. Uh, we understand um, uh, heavy industry uh, assets like uh, uh, rigs for, for oil, cruise ships, cargo ships, um, electrical production plants, and because of that understanding, can assure the people who um, operate them and the governments around them and their clients that um, they're not going to blow up and that mm-hmm. they're going to perform as best as they can. So that's what we do and have been doing for the last two and a half, fifty years. And now it's a new stage in, in, in its life and its journey. And, and, and that's where I sit, uh, where we try to move on to a data-powered world. And, and it's an exciting journey. And thank you again thank for having you. me. Oh, pleasure to have you on, and thank you so much. Uh, I, I had not heard of Lloyd Register, so I was very happy when we met on our prep call and you told me about your company. Pleasure to have you here. Richard Mooney, welcome back. You're our only returning panelist today, lead product manager for augmented analytics, perfect for this topic, obviously, at SAP Analytics Cloud. Richard, catch us up. What have you been up to, and what's new in the analytics cloud world? So I think that... Um uh, the major things that have changed in the last while is is we're starting to get an awful lot deeper into the concepts of augmented analytics, into the type of change that it could drive, and into the type of the, the various different dimensions that we could look at these problems through. And um, I, as for me, I'm a civil engineer that actually accidentally fell into software development and accidentally fell into product management, where I found that what really, really excited me was technology not for its own sake, but rather for the sake of solving real business problems. And I think that in general, um, SAP Analytics Cloud is um, uh, a single platform that can do planning, predictive, and BI on a single platform, and which is powering a huge amount of SAP's intelligent enterprise. And the thing that's really exciting us at the moment is that we're really starting to see the potential of those technologies to really change the way that analytics is and to rethink analytics as a process. And 
fundamentally in a couple of years' time, people will no longer be going to dashboards or reports and refreshing them in order to get, answer a business question. They're going to be conversationally interacting with them through their phone or their car, asking them what their sales were yesterday, asking them what drove that, and creating that future and building the technology which makes it a reality and makes it really happen. But the conversational technology to enable us to talk to the to the car and get these answers, but also the technology to find the right insight and push it back to the user is one of the most exciting things I've ever done in my life. And uh, we love working with customers on these topics. Thank you very much, Richard. Pleasure to reacquaint with you. Thank you. Uh, now we're going to do the opening quotes. I ask each of my panelists to send me a quote that's not exactly worded about our topic and tell us how they relink the, the quote, how they explain it to the topic. If you're just tuning in, this is Reinventing Life and Business with Game Changers Radio. And our topic today is a very important one for every business anywhere in the world. However, your level of maturity, your footprint, your topic, your industry, your blurred industry lines, predictive versus augmented analytics, the what needs the why. That's what we're talking about. So, Hanno Shuklish, please tell us, you sent me a quote from Aristotle, 350 BC. Aristotle was a Greek philosopher in the classical period in ancient Greece. He founded the Lyceum and the Peripatetic School of Philosophy and the Aristotelian tradition. I'll leave it at that. He lived from 384 to 322 BC. Yes, we counted the other way. Big numbers first, smaller numbers last. Here's the quote. We can't change the wind, but we can adjust our sails. Hanno, tell me. Uh, Bonnie, yeah, this was, you know, the quote, when I have seen this first time, it was really fascinating. Um, what Aristotle already has seen in, in, in those times, and um, for us, this is really perfectly quote, accompanying um, as well the, the thinking what we have. At the end, you know, we are, um, we have to change ourselves in any event. Uh, but, you know, we cannot change the whole thing in one, so, but we can partly adjust the sales. Uh, I think this is really great. The wind is blowing, and if you would like to go to one direction, um, you have to take the sails, uh, you have to move the sails in the right direction. I think this is definitely what we have to do as well. But just looking, okay, where the world is going in respect to climate change as well. And this was then finally as well, as well for me, one of the, of the greatest quotes um, uh, Aristotle has done. And in such a way, we are seeing this and interpreting this as well. So that we have a clear way forward. The wind is still blowing for one direction. Um, and we ourselves have to adjust uh, to the wind. And we have really... Uh, you know, to, to make the, the, the sales to one or the other side, uh, to come to, to, or to go alongside the way. And therefore, I think the quote has a lot of in there. And it's like a philosopher like Aristotle was. Uh, the interpretation of that um, gives us a lot of rooms to think uh, what we have to do. Thank you very much. Very interesting quote. I've heard it before. I've heard it also attributed to fishermen, to sailors, to all kinds of, of uh, poetic licenses, if you will. So I'm happy to know that it came from Aristotle. Thank you, Hanno. Let's move around to Ron Mercasi at Lloyd's Register. Ron has sent us a quote from Malcolm Gladwell's Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. This was Gladwell's second book. It presents in popular science format research, 
popular science format, sorry, research from psychology and behavioral economics, Malcolm Gladwell, full name Malcolm Timothy Gladwell, letter CM after his name. He's a young kid, according to me, born in 1963, a Canadian journalist, author, and public speaker, staff writer for The New Yorker since 1996. Five books, The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference, Blink, we mentioned that, Outliers, A Story of Success, What the Dog Saw and Other Adventures, and David and Goliath, Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. We'll leave that alone. Here is the quote Ron has selected. There can be as much value in the blink of an eye as in months of rational analysis. Wow, Ron, tell me how you relate that to our topic. That's interesting. Well, first of all, the book is, is fascinating. I definitely recommend, recommend it. I'm a bit of a fan. Um, but what, what I find, um, I, I represent uh, a consulting firm, like I said, um, that uh, holds a lot of knowledge inside. And, and what we find when we come into projects that deal with data analysis is the value of an expert in the process and in the book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about thin slicing as a concept where, where an expert can just thin slice across all the information that he sees in front of him in order to pick the exact right parameters to focus on. And I don't want to go on too much about it, but that is exactly what I find when we are developing uh, new data features, new data products, the value of the expert is still alive and strong in the whole process. It cuts through months, literally, like the quote says, it cuts through months of trying to figure out what we're looking for. An expert would really come in, and I'll, I'll share some examples later, but an expert mm-hmm. comes in and orders the whole thing, and the experience that they have, they're not, sometimes they're not even aware of, of how valuable their, their insight, outlook on, on the field of play is to the whole process. So I don't want to go on too much about it, but that's, that's always exciting to me uh, to bring in the experts into the data. Uh, and Absolutely. See where they Thank you very much, Ron. Very interesting quote. And, and we haven't had a quote from Mr. Gladwell in a long time, so I'm, I'm happy to have you pick that one. Mm-hmm. Richard Mooney, we're going to move around the table. You've selected a quote from George Bernard Shaw. I don't know if you know, but he really always wanted to be called simply Bernard Shaw. That was his insistence. He lived from 1856 to 1950. He was an Irish playwright, critic, polemicist, and political activist. He wrote more than 60 plays, very prolific, even more than Malcolm Gladwell. And his major works included Man and Superman in 1902, Pygmalion, which we know as My Fair Lady, 1912, and St. Joan. And in 1925, Shaw was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. Here is the quote. This is a fun one. I learned, a long, I learned long ago never to wrestle with a pig. You get dirty, and besides, the pig likes it. Richard, <laughs> I'm glad I got through that with a straight face. Richard, how did you pick this quote for our topic today? Yeah, there are numerous variants of it as well. Uh, first of all, it's a, it's a beautiful Irish quote that describes uh, perfectly an internet troll. Uh, and... Um, I I think the the value of it for me is that it you know we can get into all types of um, very academic arguments about what is augmented analytics, what is predictive analytics, who uses them, what's the right techniques to do it, and everything else. And um, the real value is in finding the people whose hearts and minds are open and who who just want to try something out and see what the value that they can generate from it is. So it teaches me to focus 
not on the argument or the, the debate, but rather on the opportunity and finding people who are open to that opportunity. And I think that's one of the, the key things that effectively it's, it's the innovators that are going to drive the, the, the revolution in analytics. And that's the people that we need to look out for. Those are the people we need to cherish. And those are the people we need to spend our time with. Thank you very much. Love the quote, and I appreciate that. We're not going to get dirty, and we know the pig likes it. Okay, so let's go around the table briefly and just get a little bit more personal with my panelists. I'm still having trouble with this. Chocolate. I keep thinking chocolate. 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 That's that's fine. Where Where are we calling you? I know we called you today. Where are you today? Right now, what's the time? And Give us a brief weather report, and what's your favorite drink? Ah, the favorite drink. I'll probably start with where I'm located. I just mentioned I'm currently located in Hamburg, so the northern part of Germany. Um, it's honestly quite cold out there, so we're not feeling summer. And, and so it's, it's something like running around with a coat, um, and it's really cold. Uh, we have now uh, 20 past 8 p.m., so I'm ahead of you, all of you, and mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's um, a nice evening. The, the sun is going down, and I'm, I'm g- glad to be with you here. And if you just just mentioned before as well, I have a little cold. So my my preferred drink currently is a tea with a lot of lemon mm. to get uh, to get um, back on track. Um, but normally, you know, if you go to Bonnie and Bonnie, you for sure know it. I, I love, for example, flying hirsch. And you know the flying hirsch. No, like, what is it? Uh, you, do, you, you don't know it. You, or a checker bump. You can also call it checker bump. You don't know it. It's, it's the flying here is a little bit of Jägermeister uh, together with, with, with uh, Red Bull. And so you take a, a long drink glass, put in four or five ice cubes, and then you put in the little bottle of Jägermeister. And then you are filling this up with Red Bull and just drink it. And finally, all the things is mixing up in your mouth. And this is really amazing. And finally, maybe you're you're not uh, flying, uh, but you're definitely dancing. Uh, I've got I've got it. I found it. It has its own Wikipedia page. The Jaeger bomb is a bomb yeah, shot yeah, mixed yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah Originally yeah, mixed yeah, by yeah. dropping a shot of Jägermeister into typically Red Bull energy drink. It's usually sold with a can of Red Bull or an equivalent energy drink poured into a pint glass and separately accompanied by Jägermeister in a shot glass. The glass is then dropped. The whole glass is dropped into the Red Bull. It's considered uh, the Jäger train is the theatrical method for preparing drinks when multiple Jäger bombs have been ordered. They line up the glasses of Red Bull and an empty glass is placed at one end. I'm going to let you all look this up. Just go to Wikipedia and look up Jäger bomb, J-A-G-E-R-B-O-M-B. That is a first on Game Changers Radio, Hanno. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) Wow. Wow. You've set the bar very, very high here. So, Ron Mercazi, where are you today, and what's your favorite drink? No competition. Right. You have set the bar (laughs) high. I wasn't about to go there, but but we will. So, I'm I'm, I'm in London today. It's a bit muggy. Um, It's only 23 degrees, but um, it's quite warm, especially as you make your way down the tube. You come out all sweaty, so it's it's quite bad. Uh, but other than that, it's lovely and, and uh, sunny, and, and it's all good. Now uh, you did raise the bar there. I wasn't about to go there, but um, my honest favorite drink it has the worst name in the world. It's called Crack Baby. Oh, dear. and it's um, it's served. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's served in a in a 
I guess many places, but uh, where where I got to drink it a few times is, is in a great club in London called Hospital Club, uh, which is very very cool, very cool, and and the drink is very very good. It has um, uh, passion fruit juice. It's got some vodka in it, some uh, champagne, strawberries, and it's a, it's a fantastic fantastic drink. I definitely recommend. Uh, trying it, uh, well, find a place that serves it. Yeah, uh, it's, there's a, a recipe in makemeacocktail.com. There's a blog uh, dated May 21st, 2018. It says, born at the Bougie, B-O-U-J-I-S bar in Kensington, a favorite haunt of the young royals. Excuse me. The crack baby is a delicious <laughs> blend of vodka, passion fruit puree, syrup, chambord, and champagne, light, sweet, and extremely Moore-ish, said to be Kate's favorite drink when she settled into motherhood. Seriously? Very interesting. It has already built up quite a following served in a giant syringe. It doesn't quite evoke the sophisticated royal image that you would expect. At least they didn't make me say I was 18 in order to get into this website. That's a, a change. Thank you, Ron. That we we've Never heard that one on the radio. Richard Mooney, what can I say? First of all, where are you? And second of all, no pressure. But what do you love to drink? Richard, you're up. I, I, I find myself in the unusual position of being an Irishman and the most sober person in the group. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes on. I'm in Rome, actually, overlooking uh, on top of a hill, overlooking the city, about to meet one of our most important customers tomorrow and really looking forward to it. And given that I'm in Rome, I have to go for an Italian vino rossi, which I'm probably mispronouncing horribly. But um, it definitely, it definitely is much less exciting than everybody else. But something that I'll much more look forward to after this call. And what is it? Tell me what's your. I'm looking at a vino rosso or rossi. Vino rosso is a red wine. Red I wine. In, uh, in, yeah, it's a classic Italian red wine. Uh, okay. It's let's... my horrible approximation of the Italian that is needed. But they, they typically understand me in a bar if I ask for it. Oh, that is funny. I'm looking up the meaning of it. It just says it means red wine. That's all it means. And, uh, yes, English translation. There's a Spanish translation. There's an Italian translation. And I'm looking at all kinds of uh, red wine drinks. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad you're holding down the fort here, and I won't say anything more than that. Gentlemen, I'm on my second live radio show of today. And as Richard may remember very colorfully, they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, although I did have a couple of fresh-baked blueberry muffins for lunch. That was as dangerous as it got. So I'm drinking water in a cool, clear mug, and I have to confess I switched to paper straws because of all the brouhaha about plastic straws gunking up the water waves, but I've had trouble getting used to the taste of paper straws, the compostable ones. So I have saved one precious plastic straw, and I wash it and reuse it so I am not messing up the environment. I am very true to conservation. I'm just not throwing the damn straw away. So there you go. Just cool, clear water for me. If you're just tuning in, we're having a very lively discussion here. I have three wonderful panelists. We have Hanno Schocklisch. We have Ron Mercasi and Richard Mooney. Hanno is with Kaiser Vetter. That's spelled K-A-I-S-E-R-W-E-T-T-E-R, Energy Asset Management. We have Ron Mercasi, as I said, from Lloyd's Register and Richard Mooney at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break. Yes, we're going to take a quick 90-second break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. 
Well, when you come back with us in 90 seconds, we'll be taking a deep dive into our special topic today, predictive versus augmented analytics. You may not have even known there were such a thing. What needs why? And a quick shout out to the sponsor of this series, Michelle Hickey at SAP, and Vivian Wong, who has been instrumental in putting together this wonderful panel. So let's just take our 90-second break. Aaron out. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In a world of digital disruption, the volume of data is endless. It's changing the way we live and work. What do you want to do with it? Get end-to-end visibility and transparency? Predictive insights? Drive operational excellence? Increase profits? Realize the digital promise today? Let's get started. Reinventing Life and Business with Game Changers brings you insights from the forward-thinking technology leaders who are making that happen. We'll delve into what it means to digitally transform your business from the top floor to the shop floor. We'll discuss how innovation is impacting every facet of life and business. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top innovation and strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how intelligent technologies are shaping the future for all of us. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Reinventing Life and Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to reinventing life and business with Game Changers. Absolutely. We're talking today about predictive versus augmented analytics, finding the why. Your predictive data may give analytics may give you the what of your data. What do we have? How much do we have? What can we do with it? But you really can't do much and make it actionable, which is what you want. You want to use it for something. You want to prioritize it until you know the why. That's where augmented analytics come in. My three special guests are Hanno Shocklish at, I got it right, Kaiser Vetter Energy Asset Management, Ron Mercazi at Lloyd's Register and Richard Mooney at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie, last I checked. So let's see. We're going to go to the roundtable statements Hano sent me before the show. And here's where we're going to start. We're going to do what I call level setting. He tells me augmented analytics and predictive analytics are inseparable. One cannot work without the other. So why don't you give us some definitions, please, Hano? And then we'll invite your co-panelists to chime in with their opinions. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Uh, love to do so. Yeah, for, you know, f- for me, predictive analytics at the end uh, is by looking really forward and seeing, okay, what's coming up. And um, when we are also doing this uh, on a daily basis and using our data for our predictive analytics, it's really great to see, okay, where's the, the what? And this is definitely uh, super exciting doing this analytics and seeing, okay, where we, where we would see some, some term around sort of coming up and some problems coming up. But at the end, and this is really, really seeing this, well, augmented analytics, something new as well in this space, but currently we're really seeing how important it is not just have this particular analytics go for the future and learning from the past for the future and then going for the what, 
But it's, it's really, really necessarily, and this is all really also seeing currently on the, on the demand, um, uh, talking to our clients and uh, talking to the world, we need to know why. We need really to see, okay, we have to work with the predictive analytics. We have, to, we have currently seen, okay, where we are going, where are the problems are coming, what we can maybe put on measures to avoid this, um, uh, uh, you know, predicted um, issues coming up. But then still automatically comes the question, you know, why? why mm-hmm. can, where comes it from? where we can analyze it. And in such a way, we are really seeing this is the one thing with the other is, as I mentioned, it's inseparably uh, linked to each other. And, and, and therefore, you never will augment analytics without particular analytics wouldn't make sense at all. And therefore, we are, we are really um, also pushing this ahead in, a, in, in our daily thinking, how we can really use the, the augmented stuff um, incorporating it to the predictive analytic and in such a way how these both things are working together. So it's, it's not, should not seen as well in the future as a separate issue. And I'm completely convinced that this two analytics and great possibilities for the future are, have to be seen as one common setup. Uh, and therefore, uh, I think this inseparable, inseparable issue is definitely there. And, and one without the other, uh, makes not that much sense. Thank you very much. Interesting perspective. Ron Mercazi at Lloyd's Register. Agree or disagree with what Hanno just shared with us, please? Uh, I generally agree. Um, I think it, it really depends on what the goal of the analytics effort you're doing is. Um, predictive analytics on its own really is helpful in kind of preparing yourself for what's going to happen next, and that's, that's what's been doing and will do for a long time. I, I agree that if, if your goal is to now understand um, how to prevent something from happening in the future, then uh, I think uh, augmented analytics is inseparable. Um, what I'd say is augmented analytics on its own is also a valuable product, and, and we're seeing this uh, with different clients. You, you get different needs, and, and a big need today for, for visibility just just to uh, reach out to all the data that you can reach out through the help of um, tools like NLP um, really helps uh, natural language processing that is really helps organization increase the organizations increase their visibility when they deal with multiple business units multiple partners that don't report to them and just through augmented ana- analytics which really helps a variety of uh, uh, stages in a data analytics effort, uh, you can produce value just on augmented analytics. So I, know, I don't disagree with, with uh, where the future is going, where predictive will no longer be the best product in town. It will have to have some access to the black box <clears throat> that produced the uh, prediction and the analysis. But there are a few ways to cut, cut the pie. And I think very exciting for me is even augmented on itself on its own right, produces a lot of value to some of our bigger clients uh, at this point in time. Thank you very much. Richard Mooney, I know you want to jump in here. What do you have to say, please? Um, I I think that predictive analytics is absolutely critical to everything we do and that embedding it everywhere and using it within all analytics and democratizing it is one of the most important things that we can do because helping people to tell the future and helping people to 
optimize and to make decisions based on that and making it simple for them is, is, a, is a key part of intelligent augmentation. But um, I, I believe that it's only, it's only one part, and it, it's kind of interesting that like, we have loads of different definitions here for, what, for different aspects of augmentation. With natural language generation, so can, can we explain the data to somebody in, in a natural voice in a way that people can understand without them having to interpret a chart? With natural language uh, interpretation or processing, so can we like, have a conversation with data? Uh, we've got predictive analytics, which is predicting the future. We can augment predictive analytics with intelligent data preparation. So ultimately, to me, augmentation is looking at an analytic process, looking at technology, and actually figuring out, well, how can we make this analytics process an awful lot simpler, an awful lot faster, an awful lot more democratic by, by taking the technology we have and applying to it. And so predictive itself can be augmented. And um, the insight can be generated in different ways and then sent out through different channels. And so to me, the, oppor- the opportunity of augmented analytics is is a transformational opportunity that will take a lot of time to happen as we figure this out and as we make the pathways for that augmentation to work through the analytics process. But definitely at the moment, the fastest ways that people can get value from it now is Mm -hmm. to use predictive analytics, predict the future, use it to find insights, and use the type of conversational AI capabilities that we already have to interact with their data. And if they take those first steps, they'll be set up that as this revolution grows and as the transformation grows and as the augmented analytics can do more and more, it's, it's going to enable them to be able to take advantage of that very naturally. And more and more people will take advantage of it as it becomes simpler and more democratic. Of course. Uh, I have a, uh, thank you, Richard. I have a question around the panel before I move on to some statements from Ron. Are, are companies of all sizes around the world, probably aware of this? Are they aware of augmented analytics? Are they aware of the need to couple the what with the why, the need to dig deeper, the need to say, we've got 50,000 gazillion quadrillion bits and bytes of data. Aren't we lucky? Look what we're doing without realizing they have to do a deeper dive, get granular, figure out what they can do with it. Do you think there's any company on the planet today that is not aware that this is something they have to make happen in order to be competitive, stay alive, be relevant. Let me just start around the panel with Hano. Do you think there's anybody hiding under a rock who isn't aware of this? Yeah, definitely. I think most of them, they're not aware of this. And this is also currently looking out and talking to, to, to different companies. Not all of them, but I think most of them, they're definitely not aware of what means augmented analytics them for the future. They may aware of predictive analytics, they may aware of, 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 of going this direction and using the things, but Honestly, as well uh, as we are seeing when we do predictive analytics, you know, using this with machine learning approach and all this kind of stuff, and and having other data scientists working on it. But the augmented analytics, in all its extent, as also explained by Richard, uh, is currently not really happening in my eyes, and uh, and I have not really got this experience so far. Um, but I, th- I think it's yeah, of course it's coming, and 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 I think it's really quite important talking about of, uh, the things as we do it today as well, as this is one of the most uh, crucial topics as well for the future. Um, and uh, as also Richard has mentioned, and I still believe you know this predictive and augmented uh, is really really the things which has to work together for the future, um, and therefore 
uh, everybody has should take uh, you know, sh- should get into this and 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 really realizing this is uh, one of the major topics uh, for the future. Thank you very much, Ron Mercasi. Agree or disagree with with what we just heard from Hanno and with my question of. Is anybody living in denial that they have to do this? Or any companies, will they be able to survive? And, and how do they know, other than listening today to this show, oh, my goodness, we have to do augmented analytics. Do you think anybody doesn't know about this yet? Yeah, I, I think the answer is, is definitely yes. People don't do mm. not uh, know. I think um, I represent a part of uh, the world which is quite um, – Conservative industries, old school mm-hmm. industries, the the take up of technology is is uh, slightly lagging behind. So so for them, even to bring in the analytics, uh, we find clients that uh, uh, find this a new, a completely new concept. Let alone understanding the different types of analytics. But on the other side, uh, we we meet uh, clients at a point that they are looking for a high quality consulting output from our engagement with them, and mm-hmm. that in 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 reality, is much more of an augmented than just a predictive uh, output. I think we, I represent a, a company which is not a technology company uh, mm-hmm. by and large. And I think when, when you deal with us, you really try to find some deep understanding on the why. Uh, this is why we come in and why we, we work and the business model works. But um, when it comes to bringing technology to the table, the type of conversation has already started around the why and why, what am I going to do to improve things. Yeah. And then the type of technology features that we bring have to be augmented. They might not even know that this is the name of the, the, the feature that I'm developing for them, but this is exactly what they're trying to get and used to get from a consulting type of engagement. I, I hope that uh, is, is clear enough. But, yeah, people are not, are not uh, um, you know, First enough in the story of analytics in a lot of the sectors that uh, we deal with. So, yes, uh, I think I, I generally agree. Thank you very much. Richard Mooney, weigh in on this for me, please. I think what you said a few minutes ago was what sparked my question. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think that there would be lots and lots of different definitions of what augmented means and that it's probably a market space that has to, that has to develop. Uh, and I I do think that um, adoption is adoption is a tricky thing. Some people some people like gravitate towards new things and try them out and and get success with them and and fail. Like they get their knees bloody as they as they as they work mm-hmm. their way through problems. In other situations, people are very type of they 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 feel threatened. They expect that augmented or machine learning predictive analytics will confirm their bias. If they get surprised by something, they they argue with it and they say, no, the machine is wrong. Um, and I think that companies are still figuring out what it means for them. And they, I think that they need consultants. They need people to be the explorers for them. They need people to help them figure this stuff out. And it, I, that's part of the journey that, that we have to go to in creating change. 
Thank you very much. Good conversation around the table. I want to get to something I think is very provocative. A, a phrase jumped out at me, Ron Mercasi at Lloyd's Register. A phrase jumped out at me uh, in your third note you sent me for the roundtable. You say, because you're looking into deeper unstructured text data for new value, GDPR considerations are starting to bite and require new solutions. Can you expand this for us, please? And then we'll go around the table and see what Richard and Hanno have to say. Go ahead. Absolutely. This is a fascinating uh, area yes. uh, that we're dealing with now. Um, every company around the world wants to understand more about its clients, the data that flows into it. Um, speaking today from London and, and in general, as we are um, a company that's headquartered, headquartered in London in England, um, the GDPR, the European uh, Data Protection and, and guidelines and regulations that have come in um, has, has turned into our global standard, in effect, because all the work that we do is interconnected across the world. And it's just, it's just um, the exposure that companies get if they mishandle data is, is quite substantial. And I'm, I'm uh, seeing that I'm uh, dealing with this uh, issue on a, on a day-by-day basis and, and designed for GDPR, uh, for, for being compliant with, with the fact that there's no special data hiding in the data. Let me give you an example. So we're dealing mm-hmm. a lot of uh, the work that we're doing uh, deals with accidents and incidents. Uh, okay. Now, that, that should be something fairly non-private. But sometimes the name uh, is left in the report, a medical condition is mentioned, mm-hmm. and that turns the whole body of data into a, an exposure to GDPR non-compliance. And what is happening now is we're finding uh, uh, some great technology providers into auto-anonymization uh, because we have to go into NLP, we have to go into textual data. Uh, what was before... Um, maybe easily redacted data in Excel sheets and, and mainly machine uh, um, uh, parameters. Now we're talking about uh, spoken language that holds a lot of exposure. So for me, it's, it was was also an, an interesting angle that's developing and some great technologies out there we're meeting daily uh, that help us uh, deal with, with the privacy of our clients and making sure that everybody stays private. So fantastic uh, area that we see growing now. Thank you very much. Interesting. You know, you caught my attention with the term GDPR, uh, Global Data Protection, which started in Europe and came to the U.S. I think it was May 25th last year, Ron, and how that impacted us here at Game Changers Radio is we had to start including an agreement, a consent form in the panelist deck, which the three of you, my esteemed panelists, had to sign. And you had to give us specific permission to feature you on a live radio cast, which we're doing right now to put your picture, which you provided, and your bio, which you provided to me, onto a guest directory that's publicly accessible, and to play the replay of this, the podcast of this show, which is being recorded as we're going out live now, at a later time for future public access, a free download. So before May 15, 2018... We didn't May twenty fifth. We didn't have to do that, Ron and and Hano and Richard. You remember back in the good old days before last year, you just said, "Sure, I'd love to be on a radio show," and it was that easy. And now the question is, what are we doing with your data? The answer is, we're not selling it. 
We're not doing anything with your email address. We're not giving out your phone number. We are just featuring you on a radio show with your permission. So that's why the consent form, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this, but this brought up that memory of working with SAP Legal for months trying to come up with the language for that consent form and the Absolutely. question of what do we do with your data. Anybody have a comment on that? Yeah, just mentioned, uh, Bonnie, I think you see, we also see when it's the most, uh, the most important issue currently also asked by, by clients we are talking with is what's about my data protection. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. the whole world is turning into a different uh, future. And we see that yes. with our analytics, what we are doing. But in the end, and this is when we are seeing, okay, we are, most of the things we are taking machine data. So the beta say, okay, yeah, using the machine data. Um, so we do not really, uh, uh, you know, falling into the full stuff of, of, of personal data. This makes the life a bit easier. Uh, but of course, at the end, uh, when we are doing analytics, it's quite clear that all the data still and all the time belongs to our client and not to us. But we are just using it and making analytics out of that and, and then giving the, 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 the outcome and the, and, the, and the analytic results back to our clients. And in such a way, I think it will be working in the future, but it's clear, clear, it's super clear that at the end, the, the data remains with, uh, with our clients and That's we are right. just using it for further analytics. Absolutely. Richard Mooney, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. You want to chime in on the idea of data protection, privacy, well, who's doing what with our data? Thoughts? One of the most terrifying questions I've ever been asked. So I have to start by saying SAP has an absolute commitment to maintaining the GDPR compliance mm-hmm. of all of yep. our customers. Um, I think the reason why I, I put that thing in first, as like even though it's 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 not in the spirit of what we're talking about, Mm-hmm. Is part, I think that there's, there's going to be a massive debate. It will almost be like the, the technologists versus the, the kind of the environmentalists that's going to happen because fundamentally it's, it's interesting. Is machine learning a public good or a threat? Who decides? Is a person capable of making a choice themselves or should the choice be made for them? Currently, yes. GDPR is definitely enabling people to make the choice themselves. But like, will that help them in the long run? And will it stifle innovation? Will it help innovation? Is it going to favor big companies? Is it going to favor small companies? And um, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very interesting topic that I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on other than it's, it's going to make everything much more, more channel, challenging. Even as we anonymize stuff, even as we, we do things, mm-hmm. giving people the right to, to decide how a machine makes uses information about them it can be both positive and negative very interesting yes we all know about the the commercial the e-commerce sites that tell us what they think we want to buy next right we know about the music streaming services that predict what we they think we want to be listening to Uh, we know about all the choices being made for us based on our data and the question is is there much of a why going on in the background, augmented analytics, with the data that we are all scattering like breadcrumbs and, and feathers from a pillow to the wind, the digital winds? We're all putting our data out there. Whether we know it or like it or not, we're all part of that ecosystem of data flying around. And who knows what to do with it and how does it come back to serve us, to harm us, to frighten us, to scare us, 
to make us happy. This is a, a it's an absolute huge topic. So let me look at the clock here. You know what? We are seven minutes away from the end of the show. Um, I'm going to go to the predictions round in about two minutes, but let me just open this up quickly before we do predictions. Uh, Richard Mooney and Ron Mercazi and, and Hanno Shocklish, anybody have anything left on your mind besides your predictions? And Hanno, we'll get to you in about two minutes with your 60-second prediction. Anything on your mind you want our audience to know about the differentiation between predictive and augmented analytics? Hanno or Ron or Richard, anybody just jump in. This is open season for two and a half minutes. Anybody? Or are we all good? Um, I, I, I think I, think I might have yeah, defined it earlier. Go, but, um, go, I think, go ahead, Richard. I, to me, the, 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 like, the main difference between the two is that predictive analytics really is like a known type of um, uh, type of process that we understand exactly how to do it, exactly what technologies to do, exactly what the inputs are and the outputs are, even if we have to work a lot about getting those outputs and inputs in a useful way. I, I think, I, I personally believe that intelligent augmentation is about rethinking the way that we work with data. And so, like predictive is a form of augmentation, but I think it's a it's a it's a subset, and mm. over time they, it will it, it it will develop. Thank you. Anybody else? I heard somebody in the background who wanted to add a comment. We're not at predictions yet. Was that was that Hanna or Ron? Either one of you. Uh, it was me. I, I think just just to add to the point, I felt I, I took us a little bit on the tangent with the GDPR. I think mm-hmm. the, the key point for me is. When you're working with data these days and you're trying to dig into richer layers of data, I think you should look out for thinking for GDPR. That's that's all I was I was aiming to say. There's great technologies out there we're dealing with, and and it's it's worth spending a little bit of time on that topic. So just just to tie it in. Uh, Thank you very much. Hanno, you're up. It's time for our crystal ball predictions round. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds. Let's see how efficiently we do it. We might have time for a bonus question, and I'll figure something out. So, Hanno, go ahead. You're up first. What do you predict will change about predictive versus, or I should say, and or augmented analytics? Will they become merged into something that will be one thing, one process? I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so give me your prediction, please. Hanno, go. Uh, yes, I definitely see this uh, finally as a, as a coexistence between both of the things. And finally as well, a merger of, of what's coming from the why to the what and or the from the what to the why. And I think it's essentially as well for, for businesses really to identify the sweet spot of the business. And to identify the sweet spot, you need definitely to have this augmented analytics in the future, but of course to seeing as well what means it, what is then the impact to that for the what. So for me, you're coming these big two fields together, it's really, really the future of augmented and uh, predictive analytics. And I see great and amazing possibilities by having both in place. And of course, with all this natural language uh, processing at the end, could be something super exciting um, uh, and getting the, the data to talking to, to us could be a really uh, cool feature for the future. So I see uh, great possibilities and I think the world will turn in, in all this direction and many people more will really recognize that it's absolutely necessarily to go for augmented and as well predictive analytics. Thank you very much. Ron Mercazi, you're up next. 60 seconds. What do you see in the crystal ball? 
So I think it's a great, great time to, to be in this area of data science and, and it's going to shift and morph with augmentation. Um, I think it's going to uh, speed up uh, uh, the outputs that are coming from data science project today. If you're doing a, data science, a proper data science project, it's a year's worth of work where you gain that new type of access into the data, the insight, and into querying the data yourself as a business professional instead of a data scientist. You'll get a lot more a lot faster, um, and that, that's a fascinating feature for me. I think the question in my mind is all this automation that will start to come into this process, would it really uh, do away with the job of a data scientist? And I think uh, my opinion today and what, what I hear from, from experts around me is not at all. Uh, data scientists now will be more focused on the things that are really hard to automate, which is the feature engineering uh, part to those of you who are familiar with it, where you use domain knowledge to teach the machine how to organize the data, mm-hmm. which it can't do on its own, won't be able to do for a long, long while. And this helps the machine extract the meaning of the data. So data scientists still have uh, a big job in front of them, but the focus, if I was a data scientist, which I'm not today, would be around that topic of uh, feature engineering uh, going into the future. Ron, thank you very much. Richard Mooney, I saved 60 seconds for you. Actually, we have 35 seconds left, so take them fast. Go ahead, Richard Mooney. Go. Okay. I know you can do um, it. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I agree completely. We're not going to get rid of data scientists anytime ever. I mean, no. um, I often think about this as mechanics and cars. Uh, you don't need to bring in a mechanic every time you drive a car, but at the same time, the um, having a mechanic is useful when the car breaks down. Uh, the I personally think that good technology is like magic. And at a certain point, this will be magic, and then it won't be differentiated for anyone anymore. Everybody will be able to access it. And there's huge amounts of opportunity for customers who are willing to make the leap now and figure out what means this means for them and what this means for their opportunity. And that you, opportunity Richard. to do this is going to happen for the next five or ten years. Thank Sorry. you very much, <laughs> gentlemen. That's okay. We're good. Here's my call to action. And thank you to Michelle Hickey for sponsoring the series, Vivian Wong, for all your work behind the scenes, putting it together. Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And here, finally, is my call to action. I'm going to talk fast. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Hanno Shocklish at Kaiser Vetter Energy Asset Management. Just like Ron Mercasi at Lloyd's Register. And, of course, just like Richard Mooney at S. Have a great week. We'll be back with more live programming next Tuesday on July, whatever it is. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Reinventing Life and Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.